Broadcasting live from Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome to ThinkTech Hawaii's new show, Top of the Line. I'm your host, Ben Lau. Aloha, and thank you for tuning in. My guest today is my friend and fellow alum from INSEAD, David Hines. David is a young executive and rising star at Rolls-Royce. Born between Generation X and Gen Millennial, David's origin story aligns with Rolls. He's pretty much a handcrafted, vigorously shaped, and molded British product himself. Born and raised in England, his hometown is Windermere. Educated at the Lancaster Royal Grammar School before attending University of Nottingham. Yes, that famous Nottingham. David obtained his master's in mechanical engineering before beginning his professional career with Airbus before beginning joining Rolls. David's story is one of international career, study, travel, and competition, of hard work, hard play, and self-discipline. Athletics and competitive sports is a calling. Among numerous sports he does, he's an accomplished triathlete, an Ironman World Championship competitor and finisher. He is a chartered mechanical engineer and business executive on the ascent. Rolls-Royce having sponsored him to attend the prestigious INSEAD Global Executive MBA program and attend classes in France, Singapore, and Abu Dhabi. Using his education, self-discipline, and drive, David is helping power Rolls through this next century. There are a few businesses more well-known than Rolls-Royce that have as significant a place in history. After all, they may be remembered for making the engines that saved Britain in World War II. Today, however, they may be nothing as you picture in your mind. Let's take a closer look at what David's company is doing in the present day. Pretty cool, right? Now let's turn the camera focus on my guest. David joins us now from the Middle East, from Muscat, Oman. Good afternoon, David, or rather, good morning. Hello, right, thank, thank you for joining me. me today. David, let's begin our conversation by having you describe what we just saw with that video footage, would you? Yeah, it's pretty cool, isn't it? Um, Rolls Royce has come a long way in the last 115 years. Um, you know, what, you, what you've seen there is just a number of, of the products which we power. Um, and you know, everything from, you saw the, the A400M, which is one of the latest transport military aircraft. You saw the Red Arrows. Um, you saw the Eurofighter aircraft. And then um, also some of the next generation combat technology that we're, we're working on as well. So you know, there's, um, 
there's an awful lot of uh, defense products in that video. It's a defense video, um, and it's really looking at just displaying the breadth and diversity of, of the range of venues that we produce um, uh, here within defense. Um, and then also just referencing the, you know, the land, sea, and air. Um, and then again, the diversity that Rolls-Royce as a, as a company brings, where we, uh, you know, we're, we're a power systems company, and we're providing power to, you know, a number of different applications all around the world. Very cool. I want to switch us right into uh, covering um, recent headlines as pertains to Rolls-Royce. There's been a lot of coverage on COP26, uh, the recent United Nations climate change conference held in Glasgow. It just concluded last week. I see your company was there. Yeah, that's right. Rolls-Royce is honored to be invited uh, to the UN conference uh, for climate change. And you know, this is where the, the world leaders get together, the world leaders from 120 different countries. Um, it was a follow-on from Paris 2015. Um, and it's just it's great that you know this this group of people get together, I mean leaders of the world, and they're, they're not talking about conflicts or territories or trade, they're talking about climate change and, and that and a sustainable future. Now I reflect on the, the challenges and sacrifices of previous generations. Um, that, that, that brings the world to where it is today. And, and, and this is the challenge that we face, and this is where our generation has to step up and, and make sure that, that we put in place, you know, that sustainable future for the generations to come. I guess it, implicit in that, it, with your generation and with those in attendance at COP26, including your company, there's no debate whether there's climate change or not, it's how to deal with it. Yeah, quite right. And, and some people might see it as a little strange that Rolls-Royce is invited. I mean, ultimately, at the moment, you know, we're part of the problem. We, we have engines which burn fossil fuels and create carbon dioxide, which impacts the environment. But, you know, the, the, the important thing at Rolls-Royce at the moment is we're, we're, we're at a pivotal stage of the energy transition. And we're really um, looking to transition away from the fossil fuel um, kind of technologies and, and, and develop new technologies, which will result in um, a net zero future for Rolls-Royce internally and also for the industries that we, we operate within. Um, and there's a bunch of you know, really cool technologies which we're developing, which are going to enable us to, to, to achieve that net zero position. And we've made commitments to, you know, uh, along those lines as well. And, and what was nice about COP26 was it was less about us talking about a commitment and more about us laying out the stepping stones of how we're going to get there. It's, it's becoming tangible for us. You know, we, we know the products. So we're talking about small modular reactors um, where we're using our nuclear expertise from submarines and put them in, in a land-based power um, application, which can power you know, a million homes and much more efficiently than, than you know, current power solutions. Um, we're talking about electrification of flight where you know, we've got uh, an aircraft called the Spirit of Innovation, which is looking to break the electric world speed record uh, next year, hopefully just over 300 miles an hour. Um, and actually just on, on that, one of the things I like about the Spirit of Innovation, this, this electric aircraft, is that it's it's a bit like Bloodhound, which was um, a land speed car record uh, attempt in, in the UK. It, it, it's, it's a calling to the younger generations as well. It's something to the, so the, the kids at school can look at it and go, that's cool. And that's what I want to get involved with. I want to work for Rolls-Royce because I want to be involved with that, that kind of technology. Um, so so we, we, we've got this electrification of flight. 
Um, there's EV tolls, which is essentially uh, you know dubbed as air taxis, which we're involved with as well. That's very exciting. And then um, hydrogen fuel cells. Um, and I, I guess um, you know I kind of have a whole uh, fuel cell solution for how we can um, you know power more sustainably um, you know the, the the needs of the of the world in, in the future. It's, it's amazing. Not our grandparents or your great grandparents' uh, Rolls Royce. Certainly a very different uh, company and undertaking. I was amazed when I did some research for this to just see what you guys are doing. It's quite incredible. Let's come back to that. Okay. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say you have to remember, Ben, at Rolls Royce, you know, we've got 50,000 of the world's brightest minds. Um, and for the last couple of decades, you know, they've been focused on. Um, improving the efficiency of our engines, um, you know, which is good for fuel burn, it's good for the environment. But in, in, in the context of, of global power, it's sort of, it's, it's evolution rather than revolution. And, and now we're at this, this pivotal point, we can refocus those, those, those brilliant women and men um, um, with, you know, we, we immerse them in, in an innovative culture like we have at Rolls-Royce, and we set them a vision as bold as, you know, saving the planet for the future. And honestly, I think we're going to be blown away by the results, um, you know, in terms of the, the, what solutions and technologies are going to be generated over, over this next sort of 10, 15 years. Yeah, very exciting stuff. Very, we, we, uh, you know, I watching this stuff, getting to know this company, what you do, just blew the doors off. It's just really incredible. Not anything at like what I had come into this expecting when we first talked about the possibility of you appearing on this show. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get back to it. We'll get to how you got to Rolls-Royce. And also, uh, if uh, younger viewers are encouraged, how they might think about trying to knock on the door and get into Rolls Royce. Um, let me switch uh, to another uh, current uh, topic, uh, very much in today's news, COVID-19. Um, tell me, how has the pandemic uh, affected your life and work at Rolls? It's a depressing subject, isn't it? Uh, but but in reality, we know we're still in the thick of it, and it's had a massive effect on on me personally, on my family, and and also on on Rolls Royce. So I'll start with Rolls Royce. I mean, it's um, Rolls Royce pioneered a business model which is called power by the hour. So we get paid when the aircraft fly, essentially. And uh, you know, COVID just grounded the the world's fleet of aircraft pretty instantaneously, and, and as a result, um, you know, hit Rolls Royce really hard. Let me interject. When you say our power by the hour, and you say the aircraft, can you can you clarify what you mean? You mean all yeah, the sure, sure, sure. powered so, by Rolls Royce engines? So, so from um, so we we provide the engines that say for a Boeing Dreamliner or or an Airbus A three fifty or indeed the A three eighties with 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 Emirates um, have have some of our engines as well. So you know these aircraft um, are um, you know as I say we, we get paid as they as they fly, and the reality is they all stop flying. And and the worst thing about it is we power the bigger aircraft. And the first thing the airlines did was 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 ground the bigger aircraft and perhaps still kept some of the smaller ones running. So so we got hit particularly hard. I mean the whole industry got hard hit hard, but but you know it was it was definitely tough for, at Rolls Royce. How um, has it affected you personally or professionally on a more micro level? Yeah, so you know, it forced Rolls Royce into a restructure essentially within the civil business. Now, you know, Rolls Royce is fortunate that it has diversity across its range of products. So, you know, we've got uh, civil aerospace, 
defense and also power systems. So we're not entirely dependent upon the revenues from civil. Um, but but if the, 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 the pandemic forced the civil business to restructure. And as a result of that, the role I was doing in the, uh, in the Middle East, based in the UAE, um, was sent back to the UK. And um, you know, that, that took me to a crossroads. You know, I wasn't ready to go back to the UK. Um, and um, you know, I, 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 at that point in time, I didn't know what the next step was gonna be. And um, you know, that's where you have to sort of you know, remain confident in yourself. You have to think about the, you know, the brand that you have and, and the, the experiences that you, you, you've achieved and, uh, and really use your network. So, you know, I was, um, I was, you know, reaching out to people within um, Rolls-Royce that, 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 that might have potential opportunities. Um, and I was also starting to look, look externally as well on the basis, you know, we have INSEAD as a, as a great group of people to speak with on this, this sort of subject uh, and, and just trying to understand what my options were at that point in time. Um, and unfortunately for me, um, I, uh, I got linked towards a role here in the defense business of Rolls-Royce in, in Muscat, in, in Oman. And, and it's been a perfect fit, actually. So um, from that crossroads, which could have gone in any number of different directions, uh, I'm very pleased with how it played out. But, you know, there was a time where, during that period where, you know, it was a little bit of a, you know, where, where's this, where's this going to go? And, 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 you know, what's, what's going to, what's going to happen next? So, um, yeah, fortunate that I can reflect on it in a positive way, but it was definitely a challenging time in my life. Kind of a silver lining forcing you to navigate, negotiate your way to this new role that you have and a new location in the Middle East, because you've worked at a lot of places in the Middle East, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Such as? <laughs> Well, yeah, so during my last role, I was uh, working a lot in Qatar uh, with Qatar Airways. Um, they're known to be one of the most demanding customers um, in, in civil aerospace, and they're also one of our largest customers. So, um, so that was one of my accounts. So I spent time in, in Doha. Um, Emirates was another one of my accounts. So I spent uh, a lot of time in, in Dubai. Um, working with them um, and then I had links into, into Oman into Q8 um, and then obviously I, I then moved on here to uh, to Muscat where the role was a little bit more around the Middle East rather than just specifically um, you know Oman. I, I want to come back to this there's a lot of stuff here but I also want to go back to what you said is depressing uh, and it is COVID-19 is tough on the whole world um, and people are making their way through it your story is a story of victory um, and perseverance as is for your company. Um, you shared with me, you just had your second vaccination shot and it was pretty rough on you. And then you also yeah. shared that you got COVID. Can you, <laughs> can you share about that? Yeah, sure. So I actually had my, um, my second Pfizer shot two days ago. And yesterday I was just, uh, you know, fever, shivers, you name it. I uh, didn't feel like I was in a very good place at all. Um, and uh, not ideal preparation for, for this today, but actually I, I feel much better. And it typically is, you know, like a 24-hour thing after the shot. I think, you know, you just you just pick up a few symptoms and then move on. Um, but yeah, you know, you're right. I, I am, and I had COVID itself as well, unfortunately. Um, you can imagine how unpopular was I was at home, Ben. I, I travelled to the US for ten days to do the Ironman World Championships in Utah, and um, my wife was due to come with me, but then due to COVID restrictions, she couldn't. So I went on my own. Um, I arrived back from the US and then it turns out I, I picked up COVID at some point over the end of that particular journey. And, uh, and without, without really knowing it, of course, you don't know you've got it. So, if, you know, uh, I ended up having it, my wife had it and uh, yeah, I was not very popular at home whatsoever. 
Um, but you know, I just add that it's tough. You know, it was it was really not very pleasant for a few days, um, and for a few weeks afterwards, you know, I could I could feel it on my chest. It was definitely something there, and and I think I'm just fortunate that you know from where the position I had, it kind of it got better rather than getting worse. Uh, and um, yeah, you know, a few weeks afterwards, it was uh, it was just a distant memory. But uh, yeah, thinking back, it wasn't a very pleasant experience. That, that speaks volumes because you're a you know endurance athlete at a very high level. Um, and for you to use the word tough, uh, that that's quite something. Yeah, you know, I like things that you can control. <laughs> you know, I can control my fitness, how much I sleep, how much I train, how much I race. Um, but when it comes to things like this, you know, it's just a case of resting, and and I'm not the best at resting. So that was one of the big challenges from my perspective. Let's go to something that was more in your control, but yet maybe perhaps out of your control, but you got your way in. How did you get into Rolls-Royce in the first place? Yeah, so I have to go back a few years now, Ben. I joined Rolls-Royce in 2009, but essentially, you know, I, um, as you mentioned, I graduated from Nottingham University with a master's in, in mechanical engineering. And at the time, I, um, I, know I applied for graduate programs, so I applied actually for Airbus and for Rolls-Royce. Um, and I made the decision to go with Airbus, actually, um, onto their direct entry graduate scheme on the basis they offered international experience. You know, they, they were very keen for you to move around the different sort of Airbus facilities. Um, and I was fortunate to take advantage of that. So I started off at Airbus. Um, I worked up in Chester, which is sort of northwest of England, not too far from home in, in the Lake District. And, um, and then I, I got a chance to work in Seville for, for three months on the A400M, which is one of the aircraft we saw in the, in the introduction video. Um, then I moved to Toulouse. I uh, worked in Toulouse for about six months. And then I moved back to, um, to Chester after that to sort of conclude my graduate uh, program. And um, yeah, the interesting thing was I, I always said to myself when I finished the graduate program, I'll put my CV online just to sort of test the water. And, um, and, and I did it not thinking at the time about changing role. I was in a good place at Airbus. I was very happy, great group of people, great job, great prospects. Things were going well. Um, but, but I was still just wanting to understand my value in the marketplace. So I, um, I put my CV on, online and um, you know, nothing came of it. Weeks, months passed, perhaps a bit of rubbish came, came in my direction, but nothing that was particularly of interest. And then I, I, um, I got a phone call from a recruitment lady saying she was recruiting for the Rolls-Royce Senior Management Fast Track program. And, um, you know, it made my ears prick up a little bit. You know, this, sound, this, sound, this sounds all right. Um, and, uh, and I thought, well, you know, no, no harm in, in just seeing what it's about. So I, I, I headed down to Bristol for an interview. Um, and later on that same day, they offered me the role. Um, which I really wasn't expecting. <laughs> so, so I'd gone from being very happy at Airbus to all of a sudden having this job offer from Rolls-Royce. Um, and, um, you know, I had a decision to make. Uh, and, um, I'm, you know, I'm, um, I had to talk it through with, with people at Airbus. And ultimately what Rolls-Royce was offering was, was just too good to say no to. So, um, so yeah, no, I, uh, I moved down to Bristol and um, started my role with uh, Rolls-Royce. Um, Funny story, but it turns out that actually the Rolls-Royce Senior Management Fast Track Program doesn't exist. Um, and, uh, you know, the recruitment lady was perhaps, you know, leading me on a little bit with that. But, but in truth, I guess what I say is, you know, you've got to be in charge of your own career. You, you know, you can't rely on other people in any case. And so since I've been at Rolls, I've really kind of tried to 
you know, grab grab my career and take it where I want to take it with support of, you know, your, your management, your HR, whatever it may be. But, you know, you can't rely upon other people. And and so, you know, I've kind of almost made a Rolls-Royce Senior Management Fast Track program, um, you know, rather than having to be one there for me. Very, very excellent. Very excellent. It sounds like they didn't want to lose his second opportunity at that bite of the apple, you being the apple. Um, <laughs> You're obviously doing well because Roll sponsored you to attend INSEAD, uh, underwrote your way, not an inexpensive proposition and a very time consuming one, 14 months of traveling, studying abroad. Share a little bit about that if you could. Yeah, sure. It's, um, you know, getting the funding agreed for that MBA was not easy. Um, you know, you, you need to get sign off from some pretty senior people in the organization and they need to, um, you know, they need to support the rationale for, for you going. And, and I was one of the first people from Rolls Royce to go in and do INSEAD. I, I know one lady before me that had been, but it, it was it was quite, quite a rare occurrence, essentially. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'd done I'd done the extra miles, you know, I'd done the, I'd, I'd picked up those extra projects um, and I managed to get some good visibility in the organization, which which allowed me to. Um, you know, to make my case for, for being sponsored for the for the MBA, and uh, and then yeah, 2015 uh, it feels uh, feels like a long time ago now, but it was you know one of the best years of my life. I genuinely, um, you know, that the MBA experience. I know you've you've experienced something very similar as well. Uh, That's and, where we um, met. That's where we met. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and so you know, INSEAD's um, you know, one of the best business schools in the world, if not the best. Um, you know, the, the, it's it's much more than just education. It's it's the people you meet that I can now call friends. Um, it's the places you study. It's the opportunities you get. It's you know even the parties you go to. You know, the, the, it's the full experience. And um, you know, for me, it's uh, you know it's it's been it's been life changing. It's changed the way my career's gone. Um, it's enabled me to, you know, have a much better understanding of Rolls Royce as a business, and um, and it's something that's you know, now part of my brand um, that I can take forward. So it sounds like you're a very strong supporter, and uh, it was time very well spent. And uh, it sounds like you would encourage as well younger folks to, if it's within reach, even apply and get some of that visibility as they go through that approval process, right? Try to get uh, attention and sponsorship from above. Yeah, you've you've just got to be determined about these things. You know, you can't you can't let it let it slip. And I was fortunate that the stars aligned for me. And you know, I had uh, I had a, a great manager at the time who who supported me. And and uh, yeah, I I got the backing of the company. But but you know, it's it's there for the taking. Um, you just you know the, you've got to get your timing right because the company's got to be in a position where it can afford it. Um, and you you've got to make sure you you make your case and you stick you stick with it and be determined. Have there been any demonstrable returns on the investment for Rolls-Royce? Uh, they're investing in you and investing uh, you in that MBA? <laughs> I like to think so, Ben. Yeah, I like to think so. Um, Can you look, share? The, yeah, yeah, sure. So the, the MBA really enabled me to move from, I guess, the back office of Rolls-Royce, so operations, program management, supply chain, and, and get into the customer-facing side of the business. Um, 
And, you know, since uh, I got back from my MBA, some of the roles I've done, um, you know, I've presented programs to the to the board of Rolls-Royce and, and uh, got them signed off. And there's now hundreds of engineers in the UK working on, 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 on that particular program. Um, you know, I've been in, in the middle of multi-billion dollar deals with uh, with Emirates, um, you know, uh, and, um, you know, really testing my abilities and my, I guess, uh, skills that, that, that are either, you know, work experience based or indeed INSEAD based. Um, and, um, you know, and, and as I mentioned, Qatar Airways are, are not an easy customer to work with. And so they've definitely tested my metal on a few occasions. And, and, um, and you know, and, and so you know, I've definitely used the skills that I've gained from INSEAD um, at Rolls-Royce. There's no doubt about it. And as a result, Rolls-Royce has, has hopefully seen the benefits back. Um, and then, of course, I've got my current role here in the Middle East uh, doing business development, which, again, you know, is a, is a topic we cover as part of the MBA programme. And um, it's something which you know, I'm very passionate about. And, and, you know, I feel like I'm I've sort of, um, you know, I think in the US they would say I'm in my, I'm in my wheelhouse. You know, I, I, I'm in a place where um, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm in a place that I like. Um, and, I, and I feel like I've got the skills and, and, the, and the experience from, you know, from my MBA and from my work experience that puts me in a good place for this for this role. We've got a handful of minutes remaining, maybe five. Um, I very, very quickly want to point out a couple of things that I noticed in, in researching roles and researching you. Uh, you share a couple of mottos, uh, actually. No limits and land, sea, air. Um, and uh, we'll share some graphics if we have a chance. Um, we may not have a lot of time to get into this right now, but you seem to be a very uh, meshed fit with Rolls-Royce and they with you as well. Um, and, you know, it's incredible the uh, results you've accomplished, um, participating in Ironman World Championship, being a second place finisher, um, being a triathlete across the board, doing all these things. Of your many endeavors and achievements, David, what are you most proud of? You know, I have to say I'm most proud of, of my, my family in truth, Ben. You know, they, I've got three young kids here in, in Muscat. And, you know, I, um, one of the benefits from COVID is I've had more time to spend with them as I haven't had to travel to the office as much. And, you know, they, they bring a smile to my face every, every day. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of, of, of the kind of the family life that, that my wife and I have kind of generated with our kids. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, and then, yeah, work, you know, work-wise, you know, you know there's, there's, as I mentioned, there's been some pretty cool achievements over the years, which is great. And then sports-wise, you know, I'm definitely uh, fit into the work hard, play hard category. Um, you know, um, it's the whole work to live, live to work. You know, it's, uh, for, for me, it, it's about um, working to live. It's about, you know, have, and, then, and then using the time you have. And, and I, I often get asked the question, you know, why, um, well, how do you find the time? Or, and and the, it's peculiar. It's something that's come out of living in the Middle East. You know, we tend, because of the heat here, we tend to do our training from half four in the morning, five in the morning. So I get three hours a day of training in before it's even eight in the morning. That, that's 21 hours a week that's just gifted to me um, just by getting out of bed early. So, you know, the, the time's there, you've just, you've just got to find it. I'm sorry I have to interrupt. You said using the time you have, I, and I've got to do that because we've, we've got to tie things up. Um, I want to do two things. One is I want to pose a question from a loyal viewer who's, who's tuned into my shows. Alexa Chiang of Taipei, Taiwan, uh, wants to ask you a question. And, and by the way, Alexa, congratulations to you and Rob on your big news last night. 
Alexa's question is, the name of our show is Top the Line. I'm referencing the graphic at the very beginning. Where do you see yourself right now at your young age on this climb to the summit? What do you see for your future? What's your strategy for charting forward? If you could keep it real brief. Yeah, sure, Ben. So look, I, I, I'm not at the top um, of, of the peak yet. Um, I'm, I'm working my way up for me. It does come down to work-life balance a little bit. And, and I think that's something that will evolve over time. Uh, and you know, the, the more senior roles at Rolls-Royce are, are big commitments. Um, and um, I'm hoping that in time, you know, I'll, I'll be ready for them. Um, and at the moment, um, you know, I've just got, I've just striking a balance right. So for me, um, you know, there is no limit, there is no cap on, on, on my career and where it might take me. It's just a case of, of as, as, as time goes by, uh, making sure that, you know, I just, attempt to fulfill my potential as, as I go forward. Well, the summit is in sight and it's in my sight of you being in sight of that summit. You're, you're getting there, you're close and it's gonna be exciting to watch your career. Um, you're gonna be somebody very important and you're gonna to have to remember me. Uh, David, <laughs> we, have, we have some more video footage on rolls. I want you to take a look and then I want you to comment on this. Let's roll this tape, please. David, what did we just see? You're also I a senior strategy at Royals, the Rolls. Where, where are you guys and gals taking Rolls-Royce? Where are you taking us? Yeah, I think what you can see from that video clip is that there are no limits. You know, the sky is certainly not the limit when it comes to, to Rolls-Royce. Um, you know, we're, as I mentioned, we're at, this, we're at this pivotal point of energy transition. We're looking for, um, you know, how we can put a sustainable power future in place for, for the world. And um, you know that that covers land, sea, air, and space. So, you know, we're very excited about what's to come. As am I, David. Thank you so much. Power on, man. Um, you and your generation. We're all looking to you for a brighter, better future. Um, mahalo for joining me today. For sacrificing you. your early morning run or bike ride or whatever you're doing. I think you have a competition this evening. Uh, time now for you to go and crash and recover, okay? <laughs> thank you, Ben. Appreciate you having me. Viewers, thank you for joining us. From my home to yours, and from David's in Oman, from me and my family to you and yours, mahalo and aloha.